Hi, I'm Amy. And I'm Annabelle, and welcome to Escaping Purgatory, a podcast where we rewatch Supernatural and talk it through in the hope that we can finally escape this show. Join us each week, leave comments on any upcoming episodes, and we can escape Supernatural Purgatory together. Hi, Purgatory Pals. We have a very special episode this week because we have a guest with us. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> this is Charlie, and actually, we met through me and Annabelle doing the podcast, which is one of the great things about this, that sort of since we started doing this, we've got to talk to a few like amazing different people. This has kind of been one of our dreams that we would have someone on the podcast to fangirl over the show with us. So yeah, Charlie, if you'd like to introduce yourself and... Am I your first guest? (laughs) You are our first guest. I'm so honoured. I feel so special. (laughs) This is also like a major test run. So if this goes horribly... There's no pressure. If I fail, no one else will have this opportunity. (laughs) Yeah. No No pressure. (laughs) I got talking to Amy at some point. But I watched the finale. I watched, and I when I say the finale, I really mean eighteen. I, I watched the end of the show, and I went online to see what the reaction was. But it wasn't when everyone else watched it. I was watching in December oh. because I there was a major election going on in the U.S. and I was involved with that, and I wasn't paying attention. And I caught up on the entire last season all at once. Mm-hmm. Binged wow. it. <laughs> watched. Without thinking about it much, you know, half paying attention, and I watched the, what happened, mm-hmm. where are we on spoilers? <laughs> Do it, spoilers are fully, I put it in the description every week, guys, if you are worried about spoilers at this point, I, I don't know what to say anymore. To the point that I watched Castile's Confession, and I thought, I rolled my eyes, and I was like, how are they going to make this platonic? Mm. <laughs> and then I went online, and I saw Misha Collins calling it a homosexual declaration of love. And I was like, what's been happening? And I, I started immediately rewatching the show because I needed to know at what point things became intentional. Mm-hmm. And I've somehow ended up with a tumbler of rewatching the show, specifically looking for queer content and queer coding, which I have been rewarded with in spades so whereas i was not a shipper and not a necessarily a dedicated watcher before i've now found at least three like dean and male relationships where i go this this was fully intentional and i can't unsee this and how did i not see this before and now i'm a crazy person <laughs> as we say on here we haven't said it in a while but we are cursed with knowledge um, I, yes. I was dragged into purgatory Yes. How you would do this. Beautiful. I love it. So that is Dean was always by, which ended up being sort of a thesis statement. That's my URL on Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, so I fully recommend it. I I follow Charlie on um at Dean was always by on Tumblr and you should definitely check it out if you're looking for specifically queer coded content because her posts are amazing and really in depth. And I really, really appreciate them. If you wanted to know what 80s movie you've never seen was secretly completely gay and that's why Dean Winchester loves it (laughs) (laughs) absolutely true well thank you very much for your introduction so let's get into the episode we are now on season two episode two everybody loves a clown now I know this is based on a song but nobody loves a clown there's nobody loves a clown Mm. did you did you check out the lyrics to that song out of curiosity 
I had it up, but I didn't read all the way through. <laughs> I, full disclosure, I sent the lyrics to that song to Annabelle last night at about midnight. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> well, it just... I mean, there's there was so much man pain in the the recap for this episode, and it, this just adds another layer of man pain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this episode was rated eight point two, um, which is not the lowest of the season, but it's also not the highest. Um, it's pretty. I mean, I think that's pretty average for the show. So this episode is written by John Shaban and. I already know we love his episodes, so I don't need to go on about it. And directed by Phil Sagrisha. I would say, actually, I do normally love John's episodes. This one was not a favourite of mine. Like, I rewatched it again and I was like, there's something weird about this episode and I can't put my finger on it. Really? So, full disclosure, when Amy and I were talking about whether I might come and join you for an episode, I said to Amy... Okay, but we're not doing the clown episode. I'm not doing the clown episode. <laughs> and I think in the back of both of our minds, we as soon as I said that, we knew that that meant I was going to end up joining you for the clown episode. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up re-watching the episode because I had said that, and I didn't remember everything else that had happened. I didn't remember that the two plots happened in the same episode. Mm. And I was just remembering hating clowns. <laughs> and not... <laughs> I think I was thinking of the later clown episode too. Yeah. But I now rewatching this, ignoring the clown parts, I love this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you're here for. Because I th- I thought that the clown hunt with the like really emotional parts of the episode felt a bit weird to me. But I mean, we'll we'll get into it as we as we go on. So was it me or was the recap like extra long this time? <gasps> oh, but it was so good. The music was so good though. The music was so good. <laughs> <laughs> was it though? <laughs> it was good. Okay, okay. The song, the song. Time Has Come Today by uh, the Chambers Brothers. And the way they slowed down that cut at the end of like all the stuff that had happened. And it just said like time, time. I'm here for that. I love it so much. <laughs> it's so great. Like, look, I love a recap. I'm with, I'm with Jensen on this. They do a good job with the recaps. Like, sorry. Oh, the the slow down and then the ticking. Yes. I think you're the only one who likes that recap. <laughs> I I wrote. First of all, I can't believe I wrote notes on a recap, but I wrote first of all man pain, and then I just as a gift to Annabelle, I wrote Dean realizing that John is a shit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Nobody has convinced me that John is a good guy yet, so we'll see. That I don't know who's working on doing that. I just there's there's so much there they have yeah. no right to be so emotional in a recap. I like I wrote <laughs> Dean had a prolonged facing of his own death and Sam was being told it was his fault like Dean was as a kid. Yeah. That, that's too much for a recap. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a lot. Like it was a minute and a half, I think, mm-hmm. and we're already starting off way too strong. Way too strong. <laughs> Maybe Maybe I emotionally wasn't in the right place this episode this week. I think that might have been the problem here. But look, these episodes normally turn out like this, where I'm like, this episode's stupid, I hate it, Supernatural is a terrible show. And then by the end of it, <laughs> I'm like, I love this show, I never want it to end. <laughs> the the yeah. title of this episode is Everybody Loves a Clown. I mm-hmm. wrote down some extra pain lyrics from it, for, for Dean in my mind, of a clown has feelings too, 
If you wonder why this clown is crying, look a little closer. Inside, I'm dying. No. Um, why can't you see the other side of me? I guess I'll be the guy who plays the part of a clown with a broken heart. And I'm just thinking of Dean being a complete, like, silly person who's always making jokes. And in this episode, he's just emotions. Yeah. This is very true. This is very true. Or I'm reaching. No, 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 no. You, you are in the right lane for this place. <laughs> <laughs> there is no such thing as reaching. What's a reach? <laughs> but I, may, maybe you can send out a link after uh, for to go with this episode. I, I sent Amy a link of uh, The Simpsons, and they have a tiny doll of Krusty the Clown trying to kill Homer while this song plays. <laughs> nice. So we're starting off this week in Medford, Wisconsin, at a carnival. So we see like um like a kid and their family together and the kid kind of sees like a creepy clown. Parents can't see it. Typical ghost stuff. And then it kind of cuts to later at nighttime in this girl's bedroom and she hears a noise and looks out the window and sees a clown. And at this point, I've got to wonder how were these people parenting this child that she went and let a strange clown into the house? <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. I was just like, you know what? you kind of deserve what's going to happen to you if you think that it's okay to let your child let in a clown. Like, no. You are bad parents. Mm-hmm. You had it coming. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, too fair, the clown only kills the parents, right? So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it. I wouldn't say that I'm scared of clowns. I do find them unnerving. Like, they are... I think it's the face... I think it's the face paint. It's uncanny valley territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm not afraid of clowns. I'm more freaked out by contortionists. And they had one at the very beginning of the episode. I'm like, why can you fit in a 12 by 12 by 12 box? Like that should, a human should not be able to fit inside that box. <laughs> That's just terrifying. <laughs> like, no. So that freaks me out more than, more than a clown. I'm going to say that. Fair enough. I think, yeah. So who's... Whose fault was it where we start like, looking through a red balloon and then like the bubble pops of this episode and then of course af- we know what's coming after the title card. Yeah, that was good. Like I actually did enjoy that transition to be fair. But I, I just wrote clowns, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, this, this was my problem with this. I didn't care about the clown storyline <laughs> in any way. Yeah, no. It felt very forced. It was like, we need we need something this week. Um, Light. Mm-hmm. The, the only good thing about it being a clown is that we do find out, like, Sam's fear. Like, we already know that Dean has a fear of flying. So it's kind of nice that, like, we find out what Sam's afraid of. But and other than it that... It has a lot of like, comical moments in this episode, too. But yeah. not as many as I remember. I think I'm I'm mixing up like the two other clown episodes in the series. <laughs> Just because the this... we can say, oh yes, you know, the multiple clown episodes in the <laughs> series. Exactly. So we see the girl let the clown in, and then it's the title card. So I guess you assume that something bad happened. And then it's kind of complete, sort of like 180 from the, the clown thing. We cut to um, like Sam and Dean and they're burning John as like, what we know now is like a hunter's funeral. And when I read around this, apparently this is supposed to be like a visual homage to Star Wars. You know, at the end when oh. they burn Vader's body. And it right. did look like that. If you watch it. That's true. Yeah, That's interesting true. because 
Kripke based them on Luke and Han. Exactly. Right. What a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're this not series wrong. is a crossover thing. I'm sorry. I did like it. I think I. what was weird to me about this, I don't know if you agree, Anna, but I couldn't remember them doing a Hunter's funeral this early into the season. Like, the no. series, even. Um, I thought that was established later. I guess it makes sense, because we have established salting and burning ghosts, like, and bodies to do that, but... I yeah, because the the other hunters that had died, like, in, at the end of season one, we don't see what happens with no. them. The two of them acting just when they... when the shot opens, just awards. Awards for everyone <laughs> in this episode. Isn't this also the first, like, single tear moment? <laughs> the single man tear. I was looking Is for it in the episode and I didn't spot it, but was it here? It was here. It was, I'm like, just back. before the, the, the cut to the next scene. It's just, like... Sam, for no reason that would be discernible to anyone except for dramatic irony, asks Dean if uh, John had said anything to him before he died. Yeah. And Dean considers and is, like, deciding whether to tell him and then just whispers no nothing and then just single man tear <sighs> yeah see i was trying to put myself back in the headspaces when i first watched this and i was like what did i think john had told him see i was thinking like maybe it was that he told him about the deal that he made and like dean knows that he sacrificed his life for him and then i was like that's cruel why would you say that and i was like wait but it's john i think right. he knows <laughs> anyway are we are we does he not supposed to know here I don't, I think he, he's, so from this episode, I'm going to say that he might not have known, like, he, John might have not told him straight out, mm -hmm. but whatever he did tell him kind of was like enough to give him a clue that there was something going on. He must know because he nearly died and like he came back fine. So speaking <laughs> of spoilers, at this point, we know what John said to Dean. Dean is cursed with knowledge. But at what point does Jensen know? Do, do we think that Jensen knew when he filmed this scene? I don't know. I don't know how much how, how many episodes they actually write like in a row. Mm. And at this point I don't know how close they are to like the producers and things like that. You know, I'm sure if it was the end of season 3 beginning of season 4 Crip and Crip he was going to carry on. Yeah. I'm sure he would have explained the plan, but they are both... I mean, yeah, it's been 23 episodes so far. I don't know if they really divulged right, all of that yet. You're right. I'm, I'm equally wondering whether the writers even knew yet what the secret was going to turn out to be. See, I think Kripke knew. I think Kripke knew as well. I agree. See, I it agree. makes me think of the end of season three where they had to change the ending because it's like the writer's strike and like how far it, I kind of think that's kind of telling how far into the future they write the episodes maybe and also there's all the rewrites and stuff so who mm -hmm. knows like that original secret might have been completely different I mean it's exactly. maybe not completely different but like I feel like it was different. always about Sam because mm -hmm. yeah I just always have the sense now that Kripke intended Sam to be the protagonist and have this evil dark secret sort of thing okay I I've gone off um in my tumblr about this whole orange glow thing that happens whenever they're doing a hunter's funeral whenever dean's worrying too much about loss i don't know at what point they started doing this but they light him up with orange i feel like it doesn't start until um 
the man who would be king. Mm-hmm. But I note, I I'm, I took note because it wasn't here. Dean and Sam are standing okay. right next to the pyre, and the orange is not on their faces. <laughs> and so, whatever, whenever that started, it started later on. Yeah, hmm. th- th- it was weird, wasn't it? I, I feel like they were trying to go for more of a realistic look rather than like in the entire series start, at this point yeah um and instead of going for kind of using color like they do in a movie i couldn't help comparing it to the season 13 pyre the <laughs> 13 it's just just dean completely destroyed in both of them and i that's that's cursed for me to say that <laughs> so then we cut to one week later and Dean is under the Impala trying to fix it up. And Sam, like, comes over and is like, oh, are you okay? And asks, like, in three different ways if he's okay. How's car coming along? Slow. Yeah. Need any help? What, you under a hood? I'll pass. Okay, so I have a question for you guys, yeah. actually. Talking about him repairing the car. Oh, no. Do you think... The reason why he's fixing this car is because of the comment that John made in Dead Man's Blood. <laughs> if he hadn't said, like, you know, what he said in that episode. And then died. And then died. <laughs> do you think he'd still be fixing it? I don't think so. I think they pro- might have just moved on, taken what they wanted from it, and then got another car. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, I have a note on the car. Because they show us like an aerial shot of it, and this this might be related. So, because I'm don't this might just be bad prop design with the car. I don't think it's in. Well, of course it's not. I guess it got completely destroyed. But most of the parts of that car are not the same car because you can see almost like the red paint underneath it where they're doing like a black repaint of it. So if you look mm-hmm. on the inside of the bonnet, yeah, I'm sure you can see like red paint. So underneath all of that is somewhere is a red Impala. The whole roof looks looks new as well, I think. So it's been completely, it is completely rebuilt. So I said this before because it made me think of um, the boat, right? The Jason and the Argonauts. And so <laughs> at what point is it not the same car anymore to the point that you've rebuilt it and rebuilt it and rebuilt it? Is it just one part that's the same? Does that still mean that it's that car? Or is it, does it kind of somehow like lose its spirit in a way or might gain a new one got a bit too deep with that there you know i love the car (laughs) so i mean obviously episode baby and they go back and like see the carving in the car he he may have just taken another frame of a car like the red car and decked out the interior with what survived from the accident so i mean you are right is it is it still baby who knows well, the thing is, Dean's not attached to that car yet. Not really. At least, not not that's shown. It's not just the car, though, is it? Like, it's the jacket, it's the music, it's the everything. Yeah. Like, he's still trying to emulate John, and the car is part of that. So, you're right, to, but going back to what we said, would he have fixed the car if John hadn't made that comment? Maybe not. Maybe he would have only kept, like, the jacket and things. But again, it is their home sort of so i i guess like they are attached to that car both of them are really because Mm -hmm. like you said that it was their home it's something that they obviously traveled in for all of their life 
But how Dean treats the car really changed. I've noticed this more on rewatch than in season one. He'll throw a wrapper behind him onto the floor of the car. And I think later on, Dean absolutely would never do that. I think that you're right that they've changed his relationship to the car mm-hmm. as they've gone Going forward. forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I just loved after this fatal uh, car crash, they open up at Bobby's and we're, it's just completely surrounded by mangled cars. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a very... For for a salvage yard, I would have thought they would have, have like a, a workstation, like a garage area where he could actually put it up on whatever yeah. it's called. Like actually raise it up properly and be able to get underneath the car rather than just like jack it up. Um, so it's kinda, it is kind of interesting that they decided to display it this way. I think in later episodes they do have a work area, but it's still, it's more like a, a roof than it is an inside area. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but, at least he's not. Well, I guess we 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 do get both of them in t-shirts, so that's kind of a plus. <laughs> they're, they're out in the sun, well, so why would they be wearing jackets? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, he goes on this this whole speech that I think if Supernatural was a show that trusted its audience more, the explanation would have been in subtext and it would have been understood, but it wouldn't have been said explicitly. And he just outright says, "We got nothing, Sam." nothing okay so you know the only thing i can do is i can work on the car i mean we talk about and i mean i've talked about it before like right yeah so the car is an extension of dean and his emotional state at any time so i i didn't remember maybe necessarily the emotional journey that they go on in this episode so when it opened with him fixing the car i was kind of like oh he's doing okay (laughs) (laughs) that that is later (laughs) But the whole conversation they have, Sam asking if he needs anything, I think needing anything is quite an interesting line there because he, like, I wonder if he's just been out that whole time, the whole week, like, in the sun, like, fixing the car, like, almost definitely for sure, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. It's kind of, I think he kind of almost says it. So, obviously, we, we get Dean trying to avoid actually making any emotional growth by start making jokes, you know, saying that he'll maybe even slow dance. You know what, you're right. Come here. I'm gonna lay my head gently on your shoulder. Maybe we can cry, hug, maybe even slow dance. Don't patronize me, Dean. Dad is dead. My brain always goes to like potential out, like outtakes or deleted scenes or anything. Oh. Can you imagine, like, because you know that they do stupid <laughs> stuff on set. Like he says that line, and then they just kind of do that slow kind of walk to each other. <laughs> That's exactly where my mind went, so I couldn't take the scene like super seriously, <laughs> which is really bad. So just yes. just all the cover, always making jokes. Yeah, yeah just clown, a... just performing Dean. This is a lit- this is like a quintessential no chick flicks moment. But I thought it was interesting cuz like Sam immediately gets angry at his like deflection and he doesn't understand why Dean isn't angry. And I was trying to think about this and like I need. I may need some correction on this, but I don't feel like when Dean is like grieving, he gets externally angry at other people. It's generally only at himself. Hold on to that for later with the car. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but okay, but we've also said the car is the metaphor. So yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They start arguing about like wanting revenge again and just. Dean being very, very sarcastic, which is hilarious. I don't know why I find that so <laughs> Dean being sarcastic so funny. Especially like 
angry sarcasm is not a good that's the worst kind of sarcasm but it's still hilarious and then sort of i guess sam backs down it's just like okay well i'm obviously not gonna, gonna win right now and tells dean the real reason why he's actually come out um and he's received um it's he said he was going through john's old phones or yeah he like broke into his voicemail i guess he guessed the code or had sat like putting it in and finally got it and they, so they find out it's, there's some some woman on the phone named ellen and i do like that they start to build like a hunter network so literally in the last five episodes we've met six hunters granted three of them are dead so supernatural does have some pretty good transitions in general <laughs> not just not just like title card transitions but like in the episode transitions because they decide that they're gonna go instead of like said calling calling her back they decide to go to ellen and dean says ask bobby if we can use one of his cars and then it cuts to this squeaky horribly sounding minivan (laughs) like the complete opposite of this sleek impala it's this crappy (laughs) i'm not even sure what year probably early 90s it's blue (laughs) it's just horrible i'm i wouldn't be surprised if it was like wooden panels inside but not like the good ones <laughs> as they pull up in this like minivan it's a minivan like i can't it's, it's a minivan it's humiliating feel like a freaking soccer mom i wonder how much of his own like macho persona is rolled up in like owning a like chevy impala like h- how much psychic damage is this doing <laughs> driving this minivan places and having people see him get out of it does anybody know when dean got the impala from john is that ever said that's a really good question i in the in the pilot i said the same thing when did he get the car from john because obviously in america you can start to learn to drive at 16 and then you can what even earlier in some places but you can own your own car at 16 yeah in some states, you can own your own car in six, at 16. So I mean, he wouldn't be driving the Impala at 16. They probably were in the car together until John got the truck. Yeah. You think that he didn't have like an in- interim car, like something that he could just crash because we all crash our first cars? I, I think... <laughs> Although he started driving much earlier, That's illegally. True. That's true. Do you want my sad headcanon? Yes, always. <laughs> I... I don't think he had the car that long before he went to pick up Sam. I think that yeah, John probably not. left him the car when he knew he was going to go hunt the demon because he probably thought he was going to die on that hunt. So, Yeah, car... I think you're right on that one. There's, right. there's an ongoing thing about giving the car when you die. You're absolutely right. <sighs> so speaking of going to get Sam, so after a year, years of being separated and they weren't really trusting each other at the beginning of season one, now they've been together a year. And they don't even have to finish sentences to understand what the other one is saying. Yeah. You notice that on the way in? They just go, <laughs> did, did you bring the, uh, and they say yes and throws in something. Anybody here? Hey. Yeah. Did you bring the, uh, course? It's like they've gotten back into that rhythm. Because mm-hmm. obviously they had that at some point, surely. Like me and Annabelle, we can, we can go for a month without talking sometimes. <laughs> Not at <laughs> the moment. Um, no. <laughs> but when we come back into it the patter is there it and like it it just comes with knowing someone for so long i think that you understand the rhythm of their own of their thoughts 
almost better than your own sometimes. The, there are some really good sibling moments in this episode. Um, then they get through the door and there's this fly trap. Did you notice this? Yes, that like buzzes. No. Did you not see this? <laughs> no, there, oh, I guess I wasn't paying into a trap. There's there's one of these old like nineties with the like, yeah. fly traps with the light. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I think of Bugs Life. Uh, no, don't go into the light. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's so. What's he say? But it's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that movie recently. Actually, I love that. <laughs> oh, it's great. I love everything about Joe's introduction. Oh God, please let that be a rifle. No, I'm just real happy to see you. Okay, like I'm gonna say at the top. I'm lukewarm on Joe. Of, and Ellen generally, and mm-hmm. I I don't feel like they do a good a good job. I think they do a good job of introducing her here, like her getting the better of Dean and punching him in the face. I think that yes. was am- amusing. I guess it's the right <laughs> word <laughs> to see her get one over on him when we know he's like good at fighting and like generally badass. So it, that was good to see. And then I think from that point onwards, I think they don't do a good job of fleshing out her character much more. So I think the yeah, intro was I, great. I do like it. And I'm, I'll probably change my mind again as we keep watching like <laughs> episodes <laughs> with them in. It was funny that he was like holding his face for so long. Like, I can't even see. <laughs> <laughs> or I just have this, you're not going to hit me again, are you? And then he just looks scared. <laughs> scared and a little turned on, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, not in this episode. Not in this episode. So Ellen manages to best Sam and she brings him through the door because Dean shouts for Sam like he's actually worried. <laughs> I, I, didn't notice that. I think he was actually concerned. He was like, Sam, I need help. Like, I got punched by this lady. Like, this tiny lady. <laughs> and then we find out that Ellen has also got Sam at gunpoint. Sam! I need some help in here. I can't see. I can't even see. Sorry, Dean. Can't right now, I'm uh, a little tied up. Sam? Dean? Winchester? Yeah. Son of a bitch. So the only reason why they don't both get shot in the head is because they call each other by their names. They say Sam and Dean. And then she's like, oh, as in Winchester? It's kind of funny because obviously as we we go on, the Winchesters become like a fam, like a a name like the Clintons or the Bushes, like <laughs> you know who they you know who they are. Like even Amy knows who they are. So it's it's kind of funny that like that hasn't been established yet. Like the Winchester, so everybody knows John Winchester probably yeah. by sight too, because mm-hmm. he's obviously made the rounds. Um, <laughs> but they don't know who his sons are. Like they know by name, but not who what they physically look like. It's true. So. It's, so all the demons are afraid of John Winchester at this point, but nobody's afraid of Sam and Dean Winchester. Well, that eventually changes and they become the Winchesters. Right. So it's kind of it's kind of cool to see the beginnings of that, that the Winchester yeah. name gets them like out of tricky situations. Yeah, so. I agree with you. And like, obviously it has some kind of like currency because like they immediately like cool down. So, you know, Ellen gives Dean ice for his face. And then kind of go straight into like, oh yeah, jo- I was going to help John with the demon. And this is why I, I don't know if they knew how much they were involved in the life because they both looked like really surprised at her saying that like, oh, you guys are in the know. 
Um, I mean, they seem to be more like Ellen seems to be more in the know than they were. <laughs> right. <laughs> Was there an article in, in Demon Hunter's Quarterly that I missed? I mean, who, who are you? How do you know about all this? Hey, I just run a saloon. But hunters have been known to pass through now and again. She's kind of got this crossroads where all of the hunters go, right? So she would have yeah. more news than anyone else. But this is where, again, you were talking about how much the writers knew ahead of time when they filmed this, because there's continuity problems coming for me all over J Ellen's introduction. Mm. So she says to Joe, these are John Winchester's boys, like Joe should know who John was. Yeah. And she says that John was like family once. Uh, and it seems like she knows John. She left this voicemail pretty recently. And maybe he's been coming around even recently, even when he was hunting the demon. Mm. And she says, I know how close you and your dad were. Like, she really knows John. Mm. And later on, and I think, I don't know when in the season or if it's even this season, they say that John got Ellen's husband killed. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like it was when Joe was a kid. Like, they've completely cut off contact. And so when did they get back in contact? Was it just an error and they hadn't really thought about it? As, as Amy said, we don't really know their, like Ellen and Joe's backstory that much, especially Joe. Joe kind of, like, she kind of becomes just a pretty face, which is really unfortunate. Because it would be kind of interesting to know, like, how long she's been at the tavern. Because it could have been a very similar situation with that, you know, she went off and came back. So she may not know who John is now, but she knew John when she was a child. Could kind Fair. of explain a little bit of, of that discrepancy. But, I mean, that's all speculation because they didn't they didn't flesh out her character. They just killed right. her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray. Um, no more so, troubles. <laughs> so Ellen seems legitimately upset to find out that John was dead. And mm, yeah. at this point, I'm just like, if we had a team that actually wanted fleshed out female characters and not not really a team this is this is me hating on Kripke <laughs> Kripke was forced to bring in this hunter network yeah. and he was forced to bring in a female love interest but I just think at this point if Kripke was a better writer or didn't hate women so much Joe could have turned out to be their half-sister yes actually yeah that would have been such a good plot point because at the interactions that Dean and Joe have in this episode are just so it would have been funny if they found out they were siblings later on. Yes. <laughs> like, it would have actually yeah. had comedic value. It was like, oh, that was awkward that time that I hit on you. It turns out you're my sister. Okay, it's a bit messed up, but it's also, it's amusing. Like, <laughs> And hey, bringing back Star Wars, I mean, that there was always that poster I mean, with uh, Luke and Leia, like, hanging on him, and then they turned yeah. out to be siblings. Exactly. She could have been the yeah, she could have been the layer in that dynamic. You're absolutely right. That's so good. <laughs> uh, and you know, just why did they never meet Joe and Ellen? Why have they always been kept away from the roadhouse? Uh mm. unless And that that kind of comes up later with Adam too. So it's not like they hadn't thought about the possibility. So I think that they show Ellen left this voicemail like four months ago, I think they yeah. say at some point. Mm -hmm. yeah. So obviously they've been talking after the husband died, but Ellen, if if she had had this affair with John and then John caused her husband, you know, had done something wrong and he was the reason her husband died, the guilt and just there is so much there. But it completely <laughs> flies out the window the second that the camera focuses in on fo and follows Joe's ass. Yeah. 
That is such a cheap shot. I hated it so much. <laughs> there's just, there's no reason for it. It's completely outside of the style of the show. And, like, how often do we get the point of view of the camera like that? Okay, <laughs> just talking about cameras and Joe's butt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as, as we always should. As we should. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, oh, it's a literal male gaze because what they do is they like pan <laughs> from her butt to Dean's face. Like, oh, so he's the one checking her out. Like that's said. So it's like, oh, they're they're literally doing the thing. Anyway. Let, lest yeah. we should have a doubt about why the camera followed her ass, it's because Dean's looking at it. Just it, audience, yeah. I know you're worrying about it. You maybe weren't sure. Dean's staring at her ass, okay? Get used to it. God. Ugh, I just... Mm. If the trauma bonding of them both losing a spouse to supernatural things, like, this this could have been so much, and of course, I'm just going off in my own little world. I, I agree. I think they definitely should have fleshed out these characters more, and I, I'm sure we'll say more on it as they get into... Because they're another... Like, they, they come up a few yeah. times now in, in the next few seasons. So initially, they did kind of, like dance around the fact that John was dead which I thought was a bit weird but I guess it's mm. how much trust you're putting in these people and I think Sam is, is the one who finally says it and I wonder if it's that's because Dean had trouble saying out loud that John was dead whereas Sam's kind of like <sighs> fine with it a little bit I say fine with it <laughs> <laughs> he, he's the one who can get the words out let's put it that way Yeah. <laughs> he, so I wonder if that was part of that but when they, you know, when they do eventually tell her that Ellen's like really visibly upset, but they go on to talk about like the demon and how they were going to help John, and the person that can help John, or could have helped John, <laughs> is Ash. I love Ash. I I love his <laughs> character. I love the idea of him. Like, yeah. I wish really? that him and Charlie could have met at some point. I the whole episode. I was thinking this like. They could have nerded out together so hard. <laughs> they could have. It, and like, Dean would have been there kind of like awkwardly be like, let me introduce, let me be in this conversation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite smart enough, but like, Aww. I like all the nerd things. <laughs> what made me laugh was that like, Sam says, that's Ash. And it's like, yes, that's Ash. They just yelled at him. Like, Who else is it going to be? <laughs> Oh, and I, Sam Sam asks for the help, and Dean looks at him like he's betrayed him to his very soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I I find this interaction quite interesting because, like, he, like Ash comes over and like talks to them. They introduce him as a genius, right? First of all, that's Ash. <laughs> he's a genius. You gotta be kidding me. This guy's no genius. The Leonard Skinner roadie. I like you. Thanks. Just give him a chance. Which, I, I, I get what they were trying to do. Like, oh, look at this, like, I guess, like, trucker roadie guy. But he's actually really smart. Like, it's, but I just find it weird that, like, Dean is, like, constantly, like, ribbing on him. But also, like, you can tell that he, like, really likes him. Because he's, like, taking the mick out of him, but smiling at him the whole time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I, absolutely. Part of, part of me thought that was maybe why they they did the very awkward male gaze shot 
of like, <laughs> just in case you think that he's admiring Ash a little bit too much, we're just going to do a no homo by making it really obvious he's staring <laughs> at Joe's ass. Maybe this is this is not real. This is, you know, not real when Kripke's still involved, but maybe it's not the writers wanting you to be like, oh, no, he's not looking at Ash. Maybe it's just Dean, right? Like, yeah. oh. Oh no, I'm looking at a guy. I better look at her ass. Just <laughs> no homo. I'm gonna stare at the ass. My half sister's ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, because they're clearly vibing on some kind of level, like Dean and Ash, and but I don't really quite understand here because, like, he's calling him like a linen skinned roadie, like taking the mic which out is of something and, he would like exactly. And then Ash walks away, like winks at Ash. So it's it's kind of funny to they introduce someone who is smarter than Sam, because obviously yeah. he mm-hmm. he looks through he looks through his John notes and he's like, oh yeah, I can do this in fifty one hours, and they're both which... like, what? So he throws out some mathematical terms, which to me are absolute nonsense. These are non-parametric statistical overviews, cross spectrum correlations. I mean, damn, they're signs. Which is a real thing, but when I heard it, I went, oh, you're just making things up. <laughs> it's like a Star Trek, like, you know, oh, yes, we're going to reverse the polarity. <laughs> Pretty sure that one's true, yeah. Um, Ever been struck by lightning? It ain't fun. <laughs> <laughs> they gave Ash some really good lines in this episode. And, like, I feel like could some of them could have gone to Joe. <laughs> and I, I yes. know they're kind of weird in a different way, but I, I think they could have done that. So I wrote here, remember when this episode was about a clown? <laughs> and then, lo and behold, there's this inconspicuous murder written in bright red. <laughs> like, as if it's kind of in a bar. In, it's just, way to go, Ellen. This felt very much like in Deadpool. Whereas he says, um, <laughs> there's a guy over there. It looks like he's here to further the plot, which is basically exactly what that was. It's fantastic. <laughs> it, so it was. <laughs> so it, like, it's just, it was, it felt very awkward after having this like bizarre interaction with Ash saying that he can get this research done. It's like, well, what are they going to do for 51 hours? <gasps> there's a case. <laughs> I don't remember if anything else happens with the folder other than their quick conversation. I, I just wrote, yeah. uh, Joe and Dean immediately start trauma bonding over dead parents. <laughs> How'd your mom get into this stuff anyway? My dad. He was a hunter. He passed away. I'm sorry. It's a long time ago. I was just a kid. Sorry to hear about your dad. This is what I meant by this interaction was weird because I I loved it a a little bit. So like Dean sits down and like Joe comes over and they kind of like talk about how Ellen got into the life. So they're kind of assuming that Joe isn't into it, like into the Hunter stuff, but I don't know how she would manage to avoid it maybe. Um, How old is she supposed to be at this point? I'm not sure. She she looks early 20s, so similar yeah. age to Sam, I would say, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, w- I, I would know. I would guess so too. I at some point I think I I looked it up actually and it was like there's like a 7-year age difference and I just wrote no please. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sadine's yeah, no, clearly good. about to hit on Joe and then decides not to 
for reasons. I like the way she perfectly describes how he would hit on women. And then he kind of realises and becomes self-aware and decides not to hit on her in that moment. You know, I thought you were going to toss me some cheap pickup line. <laughs> Most hunters come through that door think they could get in my pants with some pizza, six-pack, and side one is up and four. Well, what a bunch of scumbags. Not you. I guess not. I was like, oh yeah, perfectly describing Dean at this point in his life. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think Worked for his parents. <laughs> yeah. So I think he like registers that and decides that it's not a good time. I, I think there is the whole John thing, but also she maybe understands him on a level that he's not comfortable with. <laughs> it's too close. No. So yeah, so she has him pegged and it's like, you know, I think that's when he could decide not, not to hit on her. This is, of course, rather than realizing that he was about to and making this, that she's incredibly aware of what's going on, it's, oh, but he didn't hit on me, so therefore he's a nice guy, so I'm going to swoon over him. And I wrote, a man yeah. wrote this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. That I personally don't, their, for their first interactions, I really didn't like it. Like, it was, it didn't it felt off and obviously it would do because obviously Dean's not Dean right now and I guess again knowing like who they kind of become to me it felt like siblings and I was just like it, again like it would be like Dean like hitting on Charlie like it's just like no why like <laughs> why would that be your first interaction yeah it, it's a shame yeah. uh, this is how they wrote this is how they wrote Dean in like early seasons though. Yeah, so, it yeah, is. Unfortunately. Okay. So Sam's got something. He's got the, he's got the case. He's got the clown case. <laughs> <laughs> they're like in the car on the way to this case and they're talking about it. And I was like, Oh, I'd forgotten that this was happening as well. Like it seems so weird. This They're going on like a normal hunt. Like during yeah. this episode. I mean, at this point they haven't really kind of, they don't have anything else to do. In later seasons, they could have just like stayed in the bunker for the time that's needed to do like mm -hmm. research and stuff. And we have Sam keep reasoning of like, this is what John would have wanted us to do: take a case while we're, you know, here, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, th so this is where we establish that Sam's afraid of clowns. Why did it have to be clowns? Give me a break. <laughs> now you didn't think I remember, did you? Come on, you still bust out crying whenever you see Ronald McDonald on the television. At least I'm not afraid of flying. Planes crash. And apparently clowns kill. It felt like a real conversation that, like, siblings would have. Like, because yeah. I'm pretty sure I've had, a, like, something like that with my, my own brother. So I'm just <laughs> like, this, it made me laugh, like, a lot. <laughs> I, I always would say that's one of my favorite bits of this episode, is them talking about that in the car. I don't know, it's, yeah. it's just... It felt good. It felt nostalgic. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is this is this a first, they also sort of think it's going to be a cursed object? And I was like, is this the first time we've actually called something a cursed object? Did I was thinking bloody bloody Mary. They had the mirror, but like I don't know if they called that mirror a cursed object. And then I wrote here, he's going to touch it. He's not going to touch it. <laughs> 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 you have to let me touch it. <laughs> I told Amy about this, but so I was I was in an antique shop recently because um, I, I was trying to I was trying to find tin types because they're really cute. Like if you find the right type, they're like in a little case. And 
was looking in like a bigger case of like all these different types of things and there was this braided hair and it just had a thing on it that said human hair and I was like Dean's gonna touch it so I took a picture of it and sent it to Amy there's there's your new merch just honestly just no just just like Dean's gonna touch it yeah dual meaning yep yep Dean's gonna touch it yeah it was um that that was literally my first thought of when they said cursed object. I said, oh yeah, yeah, he's gonna touch it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think they're saying that if it is a cursed object, it becomes a paranormal scavenger hunt, which just describes Gish. It describes Gish. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this episode. I was like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Actually, let's do a paranormal scavenger hunt. But okay, so. Dean questions why they're on a job, and I was also kind of questioning why you're on a job in this episode. I think I have the answer to this, and I was thinking of this literally while we were talking. The difference between them, like, when they're talking about John and everything, and it's all very emotional with, with like, the Harvells and Bobbies and everything, it's almost like when they're on the hunt in this episode, like, everything's kind of back to normal. For, like, most of it, it's back to, like, how it was before John died, and I'm wondering if that's the appeal of this case to Sam, maybe, that part of it is that like they can kind of act like everything's fine for a bit Um, is this when they set up because that theme sort of carries through the whole show of this intense emotional important thing has just happened well let's ignore it by going on an episode of the week hunt yeah yeah they they do i think they did that in season one too like after home that was (laughs) everyone went quiet (laughs) <laughs> sorry <laughs> but after that episode it was very much like monster of the week next week kind of thing it, it like, was yeah I, I'm not sure 23 episodes to film it could be that and it could also be people are not good with strong emotion like this 23 yeah no actually it's more I'm just trying to think for TV now we wouldn't have that because there's no such thing as 22 episode seasons anymore they're usually just eight so they kind of kind of get to the point i also don't think at this point the audience is ready for like emotional emotionally heavy episodes every single week and i don't think we ever were (laughs) (laughs) so offsetting it with the dumb clown plot yeah yeah I, i think that's part of it i think if it had been too heavy maybe people would they well they thought that people would be like switched off by it because ultimately people are watching Supernatural for the cars and the guns and the like beheading and but yeah I don't know also later on in the series they get much better at connecting the A and B plots and mm-hmm. making the B plot a, uh, or I guess technically the A plot a metaphor for the ongoing B plot but here they're not quite there yet so they have little mm-hmm. moments that are metaphors but it's really just okay we have to counterbalance all this emotion yeah absolutely so along with dean questioning why they were on the hunt sam kind of says you know it's what like dad would have wanted and it's the it's the first time sam really like mentions this i don't know i just think taking this job it's what dad wouldn't want us to do what dad would have won yeah so 
And I immediately wrote, well, this is clearly guilt. Like his guilt over how he said <laughs> goodbye to, well, or didn't say goodbye to John and like how he's feeling about that. Because he's done a, a real, like, he has done a real, like, 180. 180 yeah. In mm-hmm. that he's suddenly like, yeah, this is it now. Like, we're doing this kind of thing. It's, and I, I say Dean is shocked by this also, because I think it's probably the first time he said that out loud to him as well. Right. I think it really comes Definitely. to a head later on as well. Absolutely. Definitely. We then, after this kind of like a little bit of a heavy conversation, we're in a fun house with this little boy and he's on, is he on a Nintendo DS? I think he is. It was a Nintendo DS Lite, I noticed. <laughs> it was So it was the Lite one, not the, not the original. Enough emotions, let's cut to the clown yeah. in the fun house. <laughs> exactly. Keep the audience um, attention. And so the, the dad's like, oh, I would have been scared of when I was your age and if we were in this house because things keep popping up and doing did, little jump st- scares and stuff. Did you notice the like references in the monsters that were there? There was like the yellow oh, eyed demons was the first one that like popped up. It was like a thing with like yellow mm-hmm. eyes. And then there were some weird like heads in jars. Fine. But then the next one was like the devil. And I was like, ah. <laughs> I didn't notice. That's great. I did notice the devil, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And again, the kid notices the clown, and the dad's like, and the kid's actually afraid of the clown. Good on your kid. But then the dad says, oh, you shouldn't be afraid of clouds. Clouds are your friends. And then, so we're at the family home, and the kid wakes up the dad, and lo and behold, the clown is there. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to stop here because no, I was out of this so hard. I don't know. I don't. I don't have any small children, right? But I do have a sister who is quite a lot younger than me, and I have woken up to her like touching my face, like "Wake up, wake up!" And I oh. just immediately thought, like, no, if there was a clown stood there, would <laughs> you woke me up? I'd be out of Okay, so later on we find out who the villain is, right? That it's not, you know, a cursed object. It's a, the, the clown is a sentient being. So why is the clown just creepy, slowly approaching the parents? Just hand in hand. They could have just murdered them. No, they needed the, them to be scared. So you have to just have this creepy approach where they wake up and get scared. He just gets, the, the clown gets off on the creepiness of it. This is Maybe some sort so of I- weird enjoyment. I think it's supposed to give off it it vibes. Yes, I think absolutely. that's I think that's what it's supposed to be going for. I definitely you definitely get that because I don't know if you've seen the new version of it. No, only the first. There's, I mean, obviously you can't. I watched that recently, so this is all kind of fresh in my mind. And there's many moments in that that I saw reflected in this. I'm not sure how much of the how much of one sequence was in the book it probably was exactly the same and it's like a little girl sort of sees it and goes to talk to it and if it, this all of that sequence kind of reminded me of every clown interaction in in this so mm-hmm. i'm i'm so, wondering if he pulled it from stephen king i'm pretty sure it's on purpose later on they say it's a um rakshasa and mm-hmm. the most famous example of of a creature like a rakshasa would be it they even okay. say that it um hibernates at 27 year increments mm-hmm. and it well, i looked it up it had been 27 years since it had come out as a movie uh, yeah like this was yeah. very much on purpose that's great yeah so I'm, I'm thinking this episode was supposed to be like a a homage to it as it were yes 
Also, mm. not less important, Dean is also 27 here, but um, <laughs> it, the story is really wrapped up in like the loss of innocence and here Sam and Dean have lost John and they have to do everything on their own for the first time. Mm. With no mm. safety net. Right. That's not that they true. had much of one before. <laughs> But they could always call John. Like, I know he would never answer, but, like, I feel like that that was still there for them. The idea of John. And he yeah. did come in and rescue them eventually. Just not when <laughs> either of them are dying. So we it's now daytime. Like, the, it's done the ad break. We see Sam and, like, a li- is it a little person? I don't know what the correct term is for this woman, but she's very, very small. And they have, like, this staring so conch staring contest and i don't know why like i would understand if she was dressed up as a clown like he would want to stare at her but like it's almost like is it supposed to be she's some sort of psychic and is like oh i can sort of read that you're also psychic or is it just they they could have framed this just a slightly differently and had it been a joke about just how absurdly tall jared is yes versus how short she was and that like that he belongs in the freak show because he's just freakishly tall. But it doesn't come off that way. It just comes no. off as, like, carny freaks. And, like, the entire joke is that this person is short. And mm-hmm. it, it felt punching down. Yeah. Now, it, later, it definitely... he's always calling himself a freak. So this was your opportunity to join the, the show, Sam. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Dean's line of saying, like, did you get her number? Like, it none of that sequence sort of really made sense as to, like, why it was there other than to make that joke other than that the early 2000s humor that like like the joke then is obviously you wouldn't date someone of that stature which is a terrible joke it's not okay yeah times you didn't realize how much times have changed until you watch old tv this is very true exactly yeah i mean you gotta it's it's hard right when you're watching this stuff you're like you gotta point it out and then you're like but what what can we do about it now? Because I, I do hope the times have changed. <laughs> as horrible as Dax's opening sequence was, I feel like they could have started with the way that Sam was looking around because it's actually his nervousness to like how much clown <gasps> stuff is around so is really cute. Like I was just like, oh, he's afraid. Let me give him a <laughs> hug. <laughs> it's, just like pat him on the head. Like it's okay. <laughs> so. You're right. That was. I didn't even pick up on that, that he would just be like, there could be a clown any moment. (laughs) But instead we go to saying that the boy has fingered a clown and Jensen does this just unnecessary take. I, my issue is that these were in the script, not with the actors. (laughs) This is where I wrote the word like phrasing. Like, why would you say this? It just reminded me of an archer joke. Like, it's just such a... Stupid. This, this, this is a stupid line. This episode is more crass than usual. That's true, actually. What were you thinking, John Shaban? You wrote skin. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So they decide that they it is a cursed object and that it will probably give off EMF, so they need to go scan the whole carnival for EMF. But it'd just be easier to do that if they work at the carnival. <laughs> it, the the next moment just had me thinking like Amy's gonna love this scene when she watches this show. 
I do love this. So they go into the office and there's like a creepy chair. Now, <laughs> before, before we started on why that's funny, when I first watched this episode, and I have a very clear memory of this, I was like, that chair's the cursed object. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would have been perfect. Yeah, because like, Dean runs in, sees it, <laughs> runs to the next chair, like runs to the next chair, like sits in it and then looks at Sam like, ha, you have to sit in the clown chair. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. it's less that Dean didn't want to sit in the chair and more that he wanted to torture Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so great. It's so good. Like I love his little move and it looks so, it, it looks so natural. Like, I, I, yeah, just acting. Um <laughs> So they try and convince the guy that they've worked in this a, a carnival before and he immediately calls them out on it. So I put Dean tells him the truth in quotation marks because they've already been caught out on a lie. So he pretends that he's then telling them the truth and that they need the work. It's not so much a lie though, is it? Because they do need the work. Mm. This is, I was saying earlier, like, this is how we go back to normal, I guess. Dean's making a lot of jokes. Sam looks at him, it's the exact same look he gave him in Nightmare when he was making jokes while dressed as a priest. It's like, now is not the time, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> the guy goes into this whole spiel about like how the carnival is a refuge for outcasts and folks who don't fit in at, like elsewhere. Oh. And I just wrote down, that hits a little close to home. But you two, you should go to school. Find a couple of girls. Have 2.5 kids. Live regular. Immediately they bring the camera to Dean and not to Sam. Yeah. 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 Like, it's kind of funny. You know, they were talking about, like, at the beginning of how the freak show was actually like a refuge, like you said. And, you know, this, this guy who's in charge of this carnival is judging these two people pretty harshly. Like, they look like regular folk, so therefore they have to live like regular folk. Exact point where I go insane. Because um, <laughs> the narrative is just so wrapped up in this idea of, like, what's normal and who gets to live a normal domestic life. And this guy labels Sam and Dean normies, and therefore they should go to school. And therefore they should meet girls. Not not people, but girls. Because that's, that's the 2.5 kids, you know, American mm-hmm. Pie... Apple pie life, that's what they always say in this. So Kripke chose a genre that's just inherently wrapped up in the other. I'm going to go off. I'm sorry. <laughs> just <laughs> he, he, it's, it's the entire genre that, that the show sits in is a genre that was historically queer coded before Kripke was even born. And he tried to take a queer narrative and wedge it into this horror genre. And then just was like, well, if we have Dean hit on enough women, it won't matter because it'll be straight. So, like, what's intentional? What's not intentional? At this point, I think the othering is intentional, that they're sort of trying to preserve this American domestic dream that they can never take part in. But, like, the implications of that and the symbolism of that is something that Kripke, I guess, just didn't, like, whistled and looked away. He didn't want to know. He just doesn't understand that gay people exist. (laughs) That's actually a really good point, because in the... um... The extra features that we watched on the season one DVD, he talks mm-hmm. about like how obsessed he is with Americana, 
And in no way in the Americana culture are they gay, gay people or, you know, LGBTQ plus people. There's, the, I don't, like, especially with the era that you're kind of looking at Americana, like the 1950s mm-hmm. and 60s. I mean, look at the car. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, he has very much put blinders on to like, no, there's only straight people in the world. Like, no, 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 I'm not going to hear it. <laughs> um, because this is, this is how like everybody wants to live. Like in this, like American apple pie dream kind of is like, uh. even now when people think back to that time, it's, it's white and it's straight. And that yeah. this idea of like going back in time and ma- making it great again is making it straight and white again when when gay people didn't exist right <laughs> as if they just sort of sprouted out of the ground one day <laughs> i mean if you water the lawn correctly <laughs> but to, to just the, the camera immediately goes to dean and not to sam and it, it makes me crazy and <laughs> sam sam says we don't want to go to school and the camera just to how completely crushed by that Dean is and introduces for the first time this idea that Dean actually wanted Sam to go and get that life. Yeah. We don't want to go to school. We don't want regular. We want this. Yeah. I mean, I think he wanted it for him because ultimately, like, Sam's his kid, right? He, he wanted to succeed in the world and probably not follow in his and John's footsteps because he knows how difficult of a life it is. So I think for him to be now like outright rejecting that, because I still think up to this point that, you know, let's kill the demon. Sam can go back to school and he can live a normal life. And then, you know, I guess Dean's plan then was to go back on the hunt with John. Was it, so that, that was his whole arc though, wasn't it? It was like he wanted to get his family back together. Because yeah. in again, um, in Home, when... Sam brings up the fact that once they kill this monster, he's going to go back to school. Dean is like upset by that. He's super upset by that. But like now he's not. And I'm wondering if it's because it's something to do with what John told him. Yes, exactly. Yes. Do, do the writers know it yet? Does Jensen know it yet? Because, but the thing is that at the same time, that doesn't make 100% sense because I mean, it all depends. I, I think back to how long that John was whispering to him, and it's not that long. I don't imagine he could tell him all that much in that short amount of time. So, like, how much could he have really said? Because if if he had just told Dean that, you know, the, the big secret, I don't want to say what it is yet because it's such a big, <laughs> is a ma- such a major plot point, but if it is just that one bit, like, what he has to do, he I feel like Dean is like saying, you can avoid this if you go back to school. I don't have to do this right. if you go back to school. But as we know from what Azazel said or the Yellow Eye Demon said um, in that in the previous episode, he already has plans for for Sam and mm. things were getting in the way. So no matter what happens, bad things is going to keep happening to Sam. Like if he went to try and do like the normal life. But D- Dean doesn't. I don't think Dean knows this. See, I kind of get what you're saying. So, wait. So you think, like, Dean looks really upset here that Sam doesn't want to go back because he realises that him maybe not wanting to go back is part of this bigger plot that's going on with related to the demon and everything, and it's kind of furthering that agenda as well as, like, him not 
living a normal life. Right. I, I, I took Dean here more of like a, if he goes to school and he has a normal life, I won't have to do that. You know, he, he knows a little bit more about what's going on with Sam here. He knows he's had visions. He knows whatever John whispered. Mm. And then there, there's the other layer, like you said, which is that's his boy. And you want, you want a better <laughs> life for his boy. Yeah. But I, it just, the whole, the whole scene just makes me so angry in finale. Because, you know, <laughs> Sam says we don't want to live regular and Dean just becomes like depressed and crushed and just, yep. it makes me so angry now. <laughs> Dean deserved to get out. Yep. <laughs> yep. Totally agree. You're right. Uh, <sighs> but because they don't trust the audience at all in season two, they then immediately have a conversation where they spell out everything we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I just put Dean knows he's in on the subtext. <laughs> that whole uh, I don't want to go back to school thing. You just you just saying that to Cooper, or were you, you know, saying it? Sam, I don't know. You don't know. I thought that once the demon was dead and Fat Lady sings, that you were gonna take off, head back to Wussy State. I'm having second thoughts. Really? Yeah, I think. Dad would have wanted me to stick with the job. Since when do you give a damn what Dad wanted? You spent half your life doing exactly what he didn't want, Sam. Since he died, okay? Sam doesn't know. So I was like, you know, because Dean's like realized, you know, you saying that you want this in there is kind of indicative of how you're feeling about like John and everything. And Sam's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it makes me crazy because they spell out so much sometimes with some plots and then with other plots they don't spell it out at all so the point it seems like well if you're doing a normal level of understanding and watching you're just crazy and you're making things up (laughs) but who does that really come on (laughs) Uh, the point is we we had all of it together before the next scene where they just say oh and by the way you're just saying you don't want a normal life because dad died. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they completely spell it out. Like, yeah. Dean asks what Sam would do after the demon and, and Sam's having second thoughts about going back to school. Blah, blah, blah. We said it all. And I just put the word guilt in bold, like, in capital letters. <laughs> my just write it on his forehead. It's a no- I feel like, I, I do get it. I feel like this is a normal reaction that people do have when people die. I like that you you do feel guilty and like all the things I should have said and we never really reconciled and all, all this kind of stuff that's, that Sam's going through. And I do kind of think that Dean would maybe understand that a little bit more, but he's not very emotionally mature. Yeah. For sure. Just just all of Jensen's acting though, that it's, you know, <laughs> on the one level he's saying he doesn't have a problem. We know he does. And it's just because he's just so good and he needs an award for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> all the awards for, for like all the episodes all yeah. the awards for every one of this episode so again we've just had this heavily emotional like completely <laughs> digging at the core of who they are scene and then next we see like the back of you see the logo on the back of um sam's jacket and he's going around picking up like bits of uh rubbish that's all around the carnival and he's got like a headset in at first i was like okay cool i 
I guess they're going to communicate with each other that way. And then, like, he opens up his jacket to check the EMF. I'm like, so why do you have a headset then? Like, Next why would you have to look carnival at Carnival workers. Oh, why is he looking Security. at it? No, I, I got you. Because it's connected to I the EMF. Yeah. So, like, if, if it beeps, surely it's going to... But then, obviously, they have to do it for... It's, it's TV, like, yeah, logic. It, it's true. not... That's good. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, all right. I'll, was... I'll let it pass. <laughs> but they chose to have the headset there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love it. When, then they showed that EMF, like, you know, the Walkman EMF. I was like, not such a stupid idea now, is it, Sal? <laughs> 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 but... It's true. <laughs> I like the outfits. I don't know why. I quite enjoy watching them wear like roadie gear. Like I don't know. That's just a personal opinion. I quite like the jackets and the headsets. It was weird. It's always fun to see them dress up as like not themselves. I think like, that's even it. Yeah. When they were the um the electricians. I, I was gonna call it the elevator episode just because I can't that's get over. Great. I can't get over it. <laughs> Just climb the elevator railing. <laughs> it's, that's forever going to be in my mind. Anyway. Yeah. Just, is there any reason why he goes into the fun house other than the fact it's there? No. There might be cursed objects. But basically, what happened here was they found this place that looked really cool because the, the, the door frames lit up. It looks like a laser quest. Like It, it looks great on camera. And so they shot most of the scenes in the carnival here because it looked really good. <laughs> that must be it. That must be it. Because it's just like, I mean, I know he, they're supposed to be checking everywhere, but it's just like, there's, there's no sort of rhyme or reason. He's picking up trash and then suddenly he wants to go inside the fun house. But yeah, they go into that fun house way too many times for it to be plausible. Just like to point out. There's a lot of red herrings in this episode, and maybe that's one of them. That for a long time you're thinking that it, there's something about the funhouse itself. Mm. Like, they're in the office, yeah. and Sam notices that the guy looks exactly like his father. So you think, right. oh, maybe it's actually the the owner of the carnival. You know, he's been the same guy all along. and Because we've seen that plot play out also in Supernatural. Yeah. That someone was actually just immortal and living through. But... So I maybe it was an accident from how often they just liked filming there, but I <laughs> I thought we were supposed to think that it, there was something about the funhouse that was. It kind of does make sense because I feel like in the in the way that the clown was presented it is kind of always close to the funhouse too. Because obviously he appear, the second time he appears he appears in the funhouse. Like, um, there's literally a clown on the front. You go in through the mouth of the clown. Yeah, yeah. it's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> it's like a cartoon. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like a Scooby Doo episode. They so like Sam's going around like scanning things for EMF in the funhouse, and I say he gets scared by a skeleton, but like he didn't really get scared by it. Like I was watching. <laughs> As it fell down, he like didn't react to it at all. And then he came back out to, to and like he kind of meets up with Dean. You know, they they talk on the phone and then they they kind of meet up and like Dean's like laughing at him about clowns. And then he comes out. He's like, "Oh yeah, I got scared by a skeleton." And I was like, "Did you?" Because I didn't see you get scared by a skeleton. <laughs> now I'm picturing him walking in and a skeleton just falls from the ceiling and he just looks at up up at it with no reaction. Just that's that was, basically like, what happened. Strange. That, that's what happened. <laughs> Hello? Hey, man. What's the matter? You sound like you just saw a clown. <laughs> Very funny. 
skeleton, actually. So before Dean actually meets up with Sam, he's like he's talking about the skeleton to Dean over the phone, and then the yes. blind man comes up to him and is like, "What's all this about skeletons?" And like does the whole like carny trope of like we look after ourselves and we deal with our own problems. I don't know how true that is. I've never met someone who works in a carnival, um, but it's always that trope on TV. Dean just straight out lies to him. is like, oh, well, we're writing a book. And I was like, I wonder if he finds it easier to lie to a blind man. Because <laughs> he doesn't have to really face act. <laughs> he can just like say what he wants. And so, so he meets them back up with Sam and Sam's like, well, where have you been? He's like, I don't want to explain it. Um, and then this little girl says that she sees a clown and oh. none of the adult, adults can see can mm-hmm. see it. And they realise this is the clown that they need. Yeah, um, exactly. They become almost the antagonists in this and follow that family home. Oh. <laughs> I found it really creepy. Appar- it turns out that apparently Dean did tell the knife thrower guy all about the like clown. That's like Sam says, you told him about the homicide of a clown? He's like, yeah, you know, I couldn't like, get. Yeah. Oops. Dean, I cannot believe you told Papazian about the homicidal phantom clown. I told him an urban legend about a homicidal phantom clown. I never said it was real. Keep it down. Oh, and get this. I mentioned the Bunker Brothers Circus in 81 and their uh, evil clown apocalypse. Guess what? What? Before Mr. Cooper owned Cooper Carnival, he worked for Bunker Brothers. He was their lot manager. So you think whatever the spirit's attached to, Cooper just brought it with him? Something like that. I can't believe we keep talking about clowns. They're doing a stakeout, basically. Of course, Dean falls asleep, and Sam sort of notices that the lights come on because the girl's going to the door. So as soon as she's seen the clown, she's going to let him in. And then they rush the house and start like doing their hero stuff. Sidebar... Why did it take the parents so goddamn long to get to their child? That child was screaming the moment they ran into that but, house. It should have taken them no longer than like ten seconds to get to that to their he child. He fired that shotgun, and it took <laughs> five minutes for her parents to like come and see what was up. Like, at what point it, is there a point when the parents can see the clown? Because you were complaining earlier about the guy who woke up, and there's a clown standing over him. But when they're at the carnival, they can't see the clown. So yeah. the parents can't see the... Can Dean and Sam see the clown? Yes. They. So I think that it's kind of explained of like the, it can change its form eventually. Mm. So I'm wondering if it's part of its game that it makes itself... Because di- also in the very first time that we see the clown, it does disappear and the girl's like, oh, it was just there. So I'm wondering if that's that's more the case of like it just catches the eye of children and then disappears when the adults look it's now i'm thinking about it again and the fact that only kids could see it Mm. and again this this loss of innocence idea it's a very i mean them sneaking into this house was quite i found quite it it had the same vibes as it did in um um as it did in um salvation where they were sort of breaking into those people's house to save them um, mm-hmm. But this time when they oh. shot the clown and it actually went down, I was like, oh my god, they just shot a guy. <laughs> they just shot a guy. <laughs> In someone's house. To be fair, if it, if it is, then it's a 
person who's attacking families or like That's... creeping on children. So like we're okay with shotgunning the guy in the clown suit at this point. He's That's in their true. house. It is only salt, isn't it? I think because they think it's a ghost at this yeah. point. So um, oh. we see the clown like leave through the door and it kind of like it disappears but it smashes the door which was interesting and i, I appreciate they put in that point as well because it kind of it does tie into what it Solid. actually is yeah it yes works. so it's not actually a spirit it's a, was yeah. he it's a real harmed thing. by the shotgun i think so they... i think it was more like because of the impact and then he kind of did the whole like sit up straight thing that was mm. kind of super creepy yeah it's not good it's not good um <laughs> So something that happens that it's amazing this doesn't happen all the time to them is, you know, why are you in my house and what are you doing to my daughter? Yeah. <laughs> they don't actually explain it away this time. They literally, I think they just run. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's no kind of like, well, we're tra- like, because a girl says they shot my, they shot my clown. Like that was the explanation. Which should bring up questions. <laughs> exactly. Like surely the parents should be like, Thank God you stopped whatever was because they sh- surely would know that there's something going on in their town. But anyway, and like they've ditched their car, they've taken the plates, and they start walking. <laughs> what made me laugh? The height difference was insane. I don't know how. <laughs> like I don't know why they didn't switch positions because you know roads are usually arched, so the middle of the road is usually a little bit higher. Oh yeah. So it makes Jared even more tall or even taller. So switch them. Because do you remember in um, in the Benders, it says that Dean's supposedly six <laughs> four as well. <laughs> there was no way they're supposed to be the same height. They're supposed to be That's the same height. I mean, again, I think it might have been a little bit of production issue where they just couldn't be bothered to change like the information, just like kept it one. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But this is definitely very clearly like, no, no, Jared is a giant. <laughs> So uh, I just, it just like I was like, no way! They, how how did they even think that they could get away with calling and saying hi? I don't know. So but, of uh, course they've they've done this to have the great conversational moment between them. Just practicality wise, if they're gonna ditch the van, maybe they can do it somewhere where they don't have to just walk miles back to town. Yeah. <laughs> and presumably they're gonna have to walk miles back to the car to get it and bring it back. They were they started the conversation right at the car, and I was thinking, that's so smart. They have extra plates with them so they can swap plates, but no, that wasn't what they were doing. They were just taking the plates and abandoning them. <laughs> that's a really good yeah. point. Did they have to go back for that minivan to get back to Bobby's at the end? I don't know what they did, because it's not explained at no. all. It's just like... <laughs> just... And because the thing is, like, they're carrying all of their stuff, too, so like, where did they store it? Like, They had nowhere to... The, the people weren't giving them homes. They were just there to work. Which, like, how do you explain that you're going to leave? <laughs> yeah. Unanswered anyway. questions. Where did they put their Too stuff? many. They're in this completely empty field and just walking for miles. Yeah. Okay. This show, they have these... They Who was the show designed for? Because it was <laughs> supposed to be this this man show, as you were saying there. They just, you know, with cool cars and hunting monsters. And then they pick these, like hunky men and have them have these emotional conversations in fields and if this show wasn't just specifically targeting at women at this moment i don't know what they thought they were doing and the pr at this time was insane as well yeah I, I mean maybe they thought they were breaking the mold by having these two men talk about vaguely 
talk about their feelings. Mm, they don't true. really talk about their feelings. They vaguely talk about their feelings. That's fair. We've talked about it many times. <laughs> That's true. There was a line here, and, and you guys made me think of it earlier. So they're talk. They're as they're walking down this road. They're talking about what this could like what the monster of the week is essentially and they're like oh it's not a spirit because you know they saw it go through the door and then they you know they say like oh you know have we checked dad's journal it's like there's nothing in there and i just thought this is really their like you said their first case without john there's nothing in the journal he's not there for backup and I, it was just like solidified in that moment where they're like the journal was just like no good they didn't even like get it out to show yeah. anybody it's just like no there's nothing nothing in there at all i did notice that sam seems to have the same story idea i did because he asks if uh dean thinks that john and ellen ever had a thing yes mm-hmm. <laughs> and like dean shuts that down straight away like it's not even a possibility well he wants to hit on joe <laughs> I was- I was also thinking he's obviously he's so tied up with Mary and like all I mean that hasn't really come up too much not yet anyway I don't think he likes the idea of his mm. dad being with anyone else but his mother what the reaction when he finds out about um Adam is quite telling to that I think as well and it, it, yeah it'd be interesting to look back at that <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that part I really just remember like the jealousy over how Adam got quintessentially childhood things and you know, mm. went to a baseball game on his birthday. I don't. How did he react as far as I th- no, that I think side that's, of things? I think that's tied into it because the jealousy that he would see for Adam was like you know John having anything else to do with anything other than them, like their family unit. Like Anna was saying, like Mary, Dean, and Sam. I think he just doesn't like the idea of him having anything to do with anybody else. Yeah. So you're right. If only they had built on it at all but you're absolutely right <laughs> yeah. about why he would um, shut it down <laughs> and it's it's funny that like because they, they again they mentioned that you know john never mentioned her and it's, and then dean says probably because they had a falling out i was like well there's a trend there isn't there <laughs> <laughs> john does not play nice with others <laughs> no. do you think he ever i mean even him and bobby i would say like bobby's supposed to be framed as like john's best friend right and like it even made a mention that he tried to shoot him once. So like, did John <laughs> have great. any friends? <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't think he ever did. We don't really get too much of John's backstory. We get a couple of episodes, but like even then, it's not that much. I think back to when they did home and they were talking to the co-owner of the garage that he worked at mm-hmm. and owned. Like that guy didn't seem to be too much of a friend. You seem no. more of a coworker or an acquaintance. Yeah. So he may have just always been like a loner because he he was supposed to be in the Marines as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like oh. your Marine buddies are supposed to be like your brothers for life. But yet there is never any mention of his Marine friends. And you would mm. think those would be the people that you would want behind you when you're hunting something that could very easily kill you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, why yeah, did he not bring right. a, yeah, any of his Marine buddies into the life? Like, that would have made total sense. No, oh, Annabelle. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, first call when when everything goes insane. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So they might have thought he was crazy. <laughs> I don't know. They, they... I don't know. So he... I think he... John is supposed to be this lone wolf type person, I yeah. guess. 
that's maybe the reason why he has fallings out with everybody. He also yeah. has to always be right. And I don't think anybody can be friends with someone who can always has to be right. Absolutely. You have me thinking also about the friends that we have seen of his maybe are hanging around earlier on to protect uh, Sam and Dean. Like later on you find yeah. out that Bobby tried to sneak childhood to Dean. <laughs> and then you also have, uh, I forget his father, Father Patrick, who at least uh, babysit for them. Yeah. So maybe it was all always just less about John. <laughs> Like they deal with John so that they can provide some protection to the, the sons. Yeah, yeah I, I think yeah. you're right on that one. So Dean's not engaging with this conversation that Sam's trying to have with him about Ellen. And I think he's trying to keep it quite light, but Dean's not having it. And then Sam like goes off on one. I mean, this strong, silent thing of yours, it's crap, oh, I'm God. over it. This isn't just anyone we're talking about, this is dad. I know how you felt about the man. You know what, back off, all right? Just because I'm not caring and sharing like you want me no, to. No, 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 that's not what this is about, Dean. I don't care how you deal with this, but you have to deal with it, man. So he basically is telling Dean that he needs to deal with John's death. These are your issues, quit dumping them on me. What are you talking about? I just think it's really interesting, the sudden obedience you have to dad. It's like, oh, what would dad want me to do? Sam, you spent your entire life slugging it out with that man. I mean, hell, you, you picked a fight with him the last time you ever saw him, and now that he's dead, now you want to make it right? Well, I'm sorry, Sam, but you can't. It's too little too late. Why are you saying this to me? Because I want you to be honest with yourself about this. I'm dealing with Dad's death. Are you? He switches, switches it on Sam, basically, and is saying to him that all the stuff that he's doing now, like trying to um, sort of say sorry to John now he's dead, is like too little too late, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I'll just put this is this is angry Dean. <laughs> yeah. To cover other emotions. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Um so this is where like the, the thought of like, does he was he more prepared for John's death than Sam was comes mm. to mind? Because he's staying at angry. I mean, yeah, we already know he's an angry person, but he's staying at angry for a long time rather than like shock and grief. Like he kind of got over that really quickly so that whole like whispering of whatever like was that a clue in for like john's about to do something stupid and that something mm. stupid was get himself killed so i wrote here that's why he's more okay with it obviously we don't know what happens coming up like, i didn't remember what comes up so at this point he's... dean does seem more okay with what's going on yeah like with john's he's... death it's the second time he's dealing with the death of a parent versus for sam it's the first yeah the, 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 the shutting down of it, like, I just wish they would talk to each other like human beings for like five <laughs> seconds. Like five seconds. Because, like, Dean gets angry, Sam's like, fine, like, calls Ellen instead of like dealing with that anymore. Um, and I think, I think it's, again, like this not being able to merge the two plots that are going on because it does, every single transition has been very abrupt. Yeah. Like, it, there has never been, it's not really like a good transition it's just like okay we're gonna stop talking about it now i'm gonna go call to get the information for our monster of the week is, i don't is the episode just a microcosm of the entire show just like emotional uh, yeah. comedy emotion <laughs> <laughs> like emotions clown yeah emotions clown action emotion clown action <laughs> it's usually episode by episode but we just have the entire season in one in yeah one definitely <laughs> and so it's kind of interesting because I feel like the the name of the monster actually comes very late in this episode. Yeah. Like we already we only have about ten minutes left of the entire episode remaining, 
and now we're finding out exactly what it is it's a very differently paced episode for reasons obviously it almost feels like tacked on (laughs) yeah one thing i do appreciate about the early episodes of early seasons of um supernatural is the sort of the range of creatures and the range of cultures that they bring their creatures Mm. from however there are issues with it because i think of the wendigo like that is very very sensitive to the native american culture like they do not like to discuss about wendigos it's like kind of offensive to them in in some sort of tribes yes it's kind of cool to introduce like some of some of these creatures but they also end up killing them so it's just like well it's these american people taking another culture and killing it hmm I feel like the only one they didn't really do that with was like the Tulpa because you can't really, it's like killing an idea. They also just very vaguely refer to it as Hindu. Like there's no differentiation or detailing. It's just like, it's good that they're introducing things a little more internationally, but at the same time, maybe treating it a little more respectfully. Just, just be better. Yeah. This is where, so I said before about like, um, you know, the links between Neil Gaiman and Supernatural. And I think this is where they tried to do that, right? They tried to do American gods, like bringing in these different cultures to America. And this is why you see these different kind of like monsters of the week from different cultures, because maybe people have brought, you know, like America's mm. a land of immigrants. They, people have brought these, these things with them or they were maybe already here. And I think they've tried to do it and they did it badly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I you're right. I feel like, they maybe get a little bit better at it, but I also feel like they avoid it more. So yeah. mm. I I think they could have tried harder. I, like you said, yeah. br- bring in more of like, because sometimes they go into detail about like the region of the country of that culture came from. Whereas mm. this one, it very much is just like, oh, it's a Hindu thing. I was like, okay, but like, okay. It, I mean, it's, like I said, it's just, it's nice that they brought in other cultures rather than I just... Think. Towards the end, where it's just like zombies, angels, and demons. <laughs> Look, the biblical stuff is my jam. I know it's not bad, <laughs> but it's <just> like <laughs> it becomes very like American. <laughs> and so they they suspect it's Cooper um, because he, like you said earlier, it looks like his father instead of which. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Dean's gonna go hunt down the weapon. And Sam's going to go look for bed bugs, which I thought was the best line of this entire episode. <laughs> Alright, I'll round up the blade. You go check if Cooper's got bed bugs. I love sneaky Sam. Like, it's sneaking <laughs> around. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's... He's too tall to be sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. that's why it's funny. <laughs> so, like, so he's, he's sneaking, like, and he goes in and he, like, tries to cut open the mattress and of course like immediately gets caught like he's bad at sneaking <laughs> yeah he 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 gets caught we see dean and he's he's gone to find a knife with the knife thrower which to be fair is smart i guess yeah i don't know why Although, he would have a brass, why, why would knife. Have a brass one right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like an antique shop maybe okay fine I, I guess they're in the middle of nowhere and they don't have a car so they're doing what they can 
And the guy's like, you know, really helping him out. And he says, like, go, you know, go check the trunk. And he opens it and finds, oh, it's the entire clown outfit. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, okay, so one, he wanted him, I guess, because I didn't remember he was the one who directed him to the trunk. But yeah. also, why does he have a clown costume? He's, he's a, ship, a shapeshifter, right? He morphs into the clown. But I guess he's like, hold on, child. I have to go change. He, maybe he's like he's like the Jack Nicholson Joker. Like his the the mouth was was in that shape, but then he oh. put clown makeup over it for no reason. Yeah, I, yeah. I, so my my other thought is that <laughs> maybe he can only change his like physical appearance, but still has to put clothes on. So like the clown makeup can be easily like changed. This is this is preaching, but he could like make his face look like a clown face. But he has but to he put on the outfit. Yeah, he has to put on the outfit. <laughs> Weird. Maybe he just put a, a clown outfit in the trunk so that he could have this great reveal, just like with the creepy approach to the parents. He's just he yeah. he he's excited by strange things, and it's not for us to shame his pants. Yeah. He he has a flair for the dramatic. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I didn't like the effect they did on his face to make it look weird and like do the big smile. It was very, it was very yeah. early two thousand. The weird Cheshire Cat moment. Mm-hmm. Don't like it. Um, but he he disappears and the eyes fade out last, which I always appreciate. And mm-hmm. um, locks locks Dean in. I was gonna say I do appreciate him how appreciate how he breaks down this door. Like I, it kind of just open. It looks like it just opens. Like he didn't really yeah. put too much effort in. But his gymnastics of like rolling and then going to a run, I was like, "Wow, I wish I could do that." <laughs> like, if I if I ran myself into a door and fell down, I w- I would be out. I give me a week. <laughs> I don't know what they call the like roll that they do in America, but I know that in the UK we call them roly polies. Now I was just like, "I did a roly poly." <laughs> Wait, so like tumbling or like a barrel roll? Yeah. I don't- we're talking about. Like a tumble, so a like somersault. a somersault. Yeah, it's a somersault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, so cute. You call them roly polies. <laughs> yes, we I do. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam catches up with him, and he just like he's like, "Oh yeah, the guy thinks I'm a peeping tom now." Like that was his explanation. Like he just got away. Like the, the guy just let him go. Like. <laughs> so I was gonna. I was trying to think like, how did they? leave the carnival without getting not noticed but like noticed that they're no longer there he was probably fired at that point so they're like you gotta leave that's true you would think they would get security to like escort him off the premises if his excuse was that he's a peeping tom <laughs> especially yeah <laughs> he says he can't find like dean didn't find a knife because it's the the blind man and then sam's like well i have an idea and so they go back into the fun house what was the idea i I think it's really hard to make a oh. connection between what the idea was because they they go in and like they kind of get split up and Sam finds like a creepy pipe organ and breaks that bit off and it's like, oh, that was the idea. But it yeah. seems and like-, like the idea was just running into a fun house. <laughs> right. It seems like he just discovered it and it, it occurred to him in the moment. Yeah. And why are the pipes hot? The, the monster's in there with them. He flo- throws a knife and Dean gets pinned. And then he like reaches up for something. And it's, it turns out to be like a smoke dispenser. So smoke, like dry ice, is not hot. 
No, it's steam-powered. Have you never seen those steam-powered pipe organs? Oh, like, okay. They have fairs at them here. Have you? So, but I have to take you to one. in a like fun a house, they bother having steam? Probably not in a fun house, but that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that bothered me the most in this whole sequence, so yes, so I'll, I'll go through it because I'm actually going a little bit ahead of myself. So yeah, Sam finds the, the organ and he manages to like yank it off despite it being hot because there's steam coming out of it. Meanwhile, Dean's getting pinned to the wall with some knives, but it isn't causing him too many problems. <laughs> like they could, he, he could easily have hit him with it. He was choosing to pin him instead. I guess because he maybe they he likes to like eat people while they're alive. I'm that's really again. My guess. I don't know why the monster of the week has. <laughs> he's just he just gets off on creepiness. He maybe he just wants them to be scared that makes them tastier. I don't know. That's yeah. probably the case. But nothing about the monster of the week makes sense. <laughs> it's a clown. This is the thing that bothered me the most in this whole episode, and I think it's because I do work with stuff like this. Is that the way that he turns that pipe on should not have turned it on? It should have turned it off. And again, when he turns it off, it's the wrong way. Here's a tip for anybody ever working with pipes, and this is a weird sidebar. <laughs> if you have a handle, the direction that the handle is is moving is the direction that the steam or the water will be going so if you pull it so it's in line with the pipe then it will be on <laughs> if you turn it so it's not in line with the pipe it will be off it's useful information to know and it's wrong it in this episode it's assembled every week by people who run a carnival and they didn't do it right i'm sorry <laughs> the valves don't work like that we we also missed they have yet another raiders reference Yeah, because um, they did they did an Indiana Jones reference in um, Hell House as well with themes like oh. I hate rats. Also, this episode might have been the only time that they were consistent with like their cuts and bruises, because the entire episode Dean has this gash on his forehead, which yeah. was in the whole episode where he was beyond the veil with the Reaper at the hospital. Yeah, that's true. I thought that was like, really good. They they gave a time this week, so we know it's been a week since the at least a week since the accident so i feel like had everything disappeared people would have been like uh no scars don't heal in a week like the original series um sorry star trek the original series where everything's always repaired by the next episode but then you get into later series and they're dealing with the aftermath yes that doesn't happen until enterprise that they have to actually deal with the ship being broken the next episode it's not um deep space nine I'm trusting you. You're definitely the, the expert here. Only in like two part episodes, not like an ongoing continuum. You say I'm the expert. That's so I'm funny. Wrong. Someone will crack me on. That. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so they've defeat. They managed to like steam this monster, and because they've used the steam, they can see it now in the smoke. So that's how it gets stabbed with the pipe organ and dies. I think it leaves just like clothes on the floor. Is that right? <laughs> That explains the clown costume. It does. <laughs> I I did love, while they're in the funhouse before this, Dean does say, why are we not just seeing his clothes walking around? Because I like That's they great. actually make a reference to how stupid invisibility is. <laughs> 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 it doesn't work. So I like that they yeah. kind of broke the fourth wall there a little bit with that. But yeah, they did it. Monster of the Week is dead we can conclude the episode back at the roadhouse. I guess they got out of the carnival fine. Did they pick up the minivan? Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. They literally, like, 
they're at the carnival one scene and then suddenly they're back at the bar celebrating their win <laughs> yeah it didn't show how they get there i like no maybe they hitchhiked i mean they very well could have i don't know you know that they have their beers with them joe's there too and sam's like i gotta go over there right that. now like it's, it's so awkward and just so like awkward. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, I've, I've gotta, uh, I gotta go over there right now. Sam's little like, oh, I'm just gonna leave now. Bye. I'm being a third wheel. Bye. Like, it's, and be like so self-aware so that he's being. <laughs> Initially, okay, no, 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 no. Initially, I don't know if I'm just bad at reading people, but like when they were all sat down together, like the look that Joe was giving Sam, I was like, is she giving him like a, like a weirdly flirty look? And then oh. when he said like, I've got to go, I was like, oh no, it's a like, do you one need to leave. look. Yeah. <laughs> do one. Yeah. I just remembered I have to go over there. Just... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like he didn't even try anymore. He was just like, oh, you yeah, know. I have to say like, in even in these first two episodes of season two, I already like the Sam that we're seeing over all of season one, which yeah. is horrible to say because like he's obviously got a reason for being upset, which is Jessica. But like we know so little about her that it, he just comes across whiny and for no <laughs> reason other than his girlfriend that we don't know anything about died. Mm-hmm. Now that we see his reaction to his father passing, mm-hmm. it's like it's obviously different from a parental death than a romantic death yeah Um, i mean it's true maybe it's just maybe they've just written him more like fully fleshed out because before i don't know you're right season one sam is a little bit he's he's a little bit flat sometimes but i already am enjoying him more i think they've just given him more like emotional nuance in these last two episodes and he really gets and he's definitely playing like off of they were trying to do like separate, almost like separate storylines for them at some some points in the in season one. Like, oh, I'm going this way. Like, I want to go back to school. Like, I will, you know, I will be a hunter. But this time they're sort of both working towards a goal now of like defeating the demon. And I think that helps the yeah. relationship and mm-hmm. also like, yeah, how they're reacting to things sort of together. So you get a better contrast between them. They're more defined as separate people. I said that before, like, in the first season, sometimes their personalities are just almost identical. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas here they feel like two separate people. What are we feeling about this conversation with Joe? Hate it. Can I be honest with you? See, normally, I'd be hitting on you so fast and make your head spin. But, uh... These days... I don't know. Wrong place. Wrong time. It's okay, I get it. But yeah, it's, it's inherently kind of like creepy. Like, oh yeah, I'd definitely be sleeping with you right now. Uh, it, yeah, but I'm too sad. <laughs> yeah. But like, that doesn't make it okay. Anyway, no. I, just, I hate it. I really don't like it. And then Ash makes another appearance. Yeah. Or also, Ash gets like the first near F-bomb of the series. Am I right about yes. that? Yes. Run into yes. another one. Where you guys been? Waiting for it. We were working a job, Ash. Clowns? Clowns? What the? You got something for us, Ash? But here, Ash is just saying what we were all thinking when we saw the title of the episode. Just clowns. What the? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 
yeah, like so Ash has been waiting for them, and you know he's te- he's found this the signs. He's put it all together. He he brings out his like weird looking laptop that has all like cables all over it and stuff. It's supposed to look <laughs> like to me, it looks like eighties hacker. Do you know what I mean by eighties hacker like aesthetic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like he's taking Jerry it apart. Ghostbusters uh, equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's great. And he kind of says to them, like, you know, any time that this demon's going to, like, rear its head again, I-, I can track it down. I can't find it now, but we need to wait for it to reappear, and then, like, I'll kind of, like, give you a call, um, and you can go and get it. Sam asked him how he learned to do all of this, and he's like, oh, yeah, I went to MIT. And <laughs> I love this because Sam's like, MIT? And Ash is like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a school in Boston. Like, he thinks that Sam doesn't know. <laughs> like, I love that so much. So do you, why do you think he didn't, like, flex that he went to an, also an Ivy League school? Like, because he went to Stanford. Like, to me, that that would have been, like, an old, maybe it was an old Sam moment that he would have been like, well, I went to Stanford. Yeah, that's like, true. Maybe he's he's also realizing he's not the smartest hunter out there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have feelings on what they did with Ash in this episode. I'm not an Ash truther. Um, mm-hmm. There are people out there who feel that something happened between Ash and Dean or ship Ash and Dean, and I'm not one of those people. But there are things in this episode that I can't ignore, and they upset me. Like I'm like, <laughs> why did you? But why did you do this though? But why? <laughs> and so there there's some subtle ones, and then there are some that are just not subtle, and I can't unsee it so like at some point dean says i like you and that's nice like that that works but the thing that really got my attention is ash has this line when they give him the um the research material he says i'm on it like divine on doggy dookie do either of you know what that means or what that's uh, from yeah that's a john Waters I reference <laughs> yeah so he's he's referencing divine and her partner john waters and they were like the drag power couple of the 70s and 80s. Before there was RuPaul, there was Divine. Mainstream Americans knew who Divine was. She is so well known that Ursula from The Little Mermaid was based on her. Uh, And so she was famously in this movie, uh, Hairspray, from John Waters in like 88. Ash is referencing this movie called Pink Flamingos. That was such a moment that Pink Flamingos went on to become like a symbol for gay bars at, after this movie came out that you would know that a a bar was a gay bar because there were pink flamingos in it and actually later on in the series Dean will be in a bar that's covered in pink flamingos <laughs> wow <laughs> um, so there's there's this bottle thing ha- thing that happens where Dean drinks out of a beer puts it down and then Ash drinks out of the same beer yeah. if, it, if just that had happened I wouldn't think about it much it's something that used to happen in old movies in the Hayes Code to be like a placeholder for a kiss that they couldn't show on screen. And the bottle has like a little bow and arrow on it, like a little cupid <laughs> bow and arrow. Uh, it's just, but the fact that that happened in addition to the Pink Flamingos reference mm. <laughs> and just this little computer moment that ends up in all of these um, compilations people make, like. And I now that I have the goggles on and I'm looking for it, they have this little moment where like Jensen slides the folder over and puts on his like flirty Dean face and voice. It's like, it's like, see what you make of it. 
I, I just, it, I'm, I'm not convinced, but there's just all of these little things and I don't understand why they're here and it bothers me. <laughs> like when you put them all together, you're like, what? why? Why the hell would Ash make this comment about Divine except to like see if Dean is, you know, part of, On the a, same a member of the tribe and <laughs> yeah. gets the reference. And it just flies over the audience's head. I think it flies over Dean's head. I, it, why? Just why? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> and probably one that obviously never gets answered, as, <laughs> as none of our questions ever do. Yeah. That little s- stupid hmm. moment where he's uh, touching the computer and Ash has his face. She's like, why? like, why do you think you can touch my computer? <laughs> I, I think of that as a man-challenged sort of moment, but a lot of people like to point to that and... Be like, see, something was going on between them. That I think is. I'm just not one of them. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't see it either. I, I see it as more of like, this is my territory. Why are you touching it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's so interesting. Like, you're right because why put all these little like references into these episodes? Like, what, what, <laughs> almost like, what was the point? Like, what are you <laughs> wanting to people to read into this? Because you're right. Okay, yes, one, like, pop culture reference. There's lots of pop culture references in in Supernatural generally. Okay, fine. So, yeah, I could let one pop culture reference go. Oh, okay, like, maybe. But then, like, it comes up again later on. Or, like, there's this extra, like, thing as well. And it just, like, builds and builds and builds. And you're like, am I just, am I crazy? Or (laughs) what were they trying to say? I think that's the tagline of the show, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Am, Am I, I crazy? crazy? What are they trying to say? <laughs> it's like they were kind of like they do the entire show. They were they were trying to maybe hint at something because Ash was kicked out of MIT for fighting. Yeah. Well what what was he fighting? Like because obviously you can't judge people by how they look. Like mm-hmm. yeah. This is really what got me rewatching the show after uh the confession is just I I needed to know when it had started like for myself and then I I ended up falling off the cliff and with everybody else but so I I just started looking for first things with Castiel but then just how early does he end up does Dean end up coded and I couldn't believe what I was seeing with Ash here yeah yeah look okay just just out of my own head there is there is more chemistry between Dean and Ash in this in this uh, episode than there is between Dean and Joe, who was brought in to be like the female love interest. And I'm just saying that, like, yeah. it's very clear to see in this in the scene. And whether it's just like supposed to be read as like admiration because I don't know, you're a cool dude who clearly likes rock music and like is on my level, or whether it's something else, it still counts. <laughs> it could also be the fact that. We all know that Kripke can't write women for shit. Right. I mean, this is the thing. (laughs) Like, they... So, it could have very well been that he just didn't know how to write Joe in a way that's, like, meaningful. So they're like, well, let's have Ash there and kind of see how that goes kind of thing. Well, it's like, he doesn't know how to write someone that's not just Madonna and a conquest. Right, like he Joe's there because the network was forcing him to include a love interest or a female character. He we we know later he hates the Roadhouse. I think it's the only 
example that I know of, of like network interference where all so many of the fans love the network interference mm-hmm. as opposed to Probably. what it was trying to be before. <laughs> but honestly, Kripke, uh, if you can't write women, just write a male character and then make them female. <laughs> I'll like it more. They worked yeah. out with Elaine in, in um, Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love that the conclusion that we came to was like, oh, they're just so bad at writing women that they accidentally just made everything a little bit gay. or very very gay yeah (laughs) but then beyond oops we we can't write women for shit and therefore we end up with everyone shipping the men in our show this is intentional like it i have to imagine that 95 percent of the people watching the show don't know what divine on donkey dookie means and Mm -hmm. that it's from this incredibly gay movie from the 70s but if this fugly bastard raises its head, I'll know. I mean, I'm on it like divine on dog dookie. What do you mean? Ellen invites them to stay the night, and we've gone from, yes. you know, I hate your father and I've cut him off completely, to you can stay the night even though I've barely met you and you actually went and took this case in a different town. <laughs> well, so she she's like a roadhouse for hunters, so I don't mm. think it's that unusual. She probably does, like, offer... I don't think they necessarily have rooms, but if someone needs a room, or if if you're Ash, you just sleep on the pool table. Dean's response is... Thanks, but no. no something I gotta finish. Okay. I just wrote here, um, Sam talking about John at the end is going to make Annabelle so angry. <laughs> we should let <laughs> yeah, her go off. <laughs> well, no... Th- <laughs> It, this this one didn't get me so much, honestly. Uh, the other things in this episode did more. The thing that I noticed about this scene, this is the first time that we see Jared or Sam in a V-neck and <laughs> Dean is in a crew crew neck. And I'm, like, I'm wondering <laughs> if this is where it started of like, because after this is always V-necks for, for Sam and always crew necks for, for Dean. That's so I true. Have <laughs> never noticed. Not once. <laughs> I, d- I don't know why it stuck out to me, but I was like, oh. I did notice Jensen was in a V in the Reaper episode, in, in the, the previous episode. And I was like, yeah. the hospital yes. clothes are not a V-neck t-shirt. They're just trying to make <laughs> him look appealing. So I think this is very funny. I didn't pick up on this at all. Okay, right. Let's get into it. So, <laughs> <Dean's> <laughs> bit- <laughs> look. so I watched it pick- twice. I had to. I watched it one time. I I just had to watch it, and then I had to watch it again to like actually yeah. write notes on it. And even still, I was like, I don't know what to say. I did the same thing. <laughs> I did the same thing. I watched this twice, at least twice. So Dean's fixing the Impala. Sam comes over and he kind of tells him like, you know, you were right. And he goes in and talks about his relationship with John, and there's a lot in here. I'm sorry that the last time I was with him, I tried to pick a fight. I'm sorry that I spent most of my life angry at him. I mean, for all I know, he died thinking that I hate him. So you're right. What I'm doing right now, it is too little. It's too late. And he, that he really feels guilty. <laughs> you know, Sam's saying that he's not all right. And I just put here, like, Sam looks, he looks so young in this scene. Yeah. Did you just, like, the styling in this is great. Mm. He looks so young. And I just, like, please give him a hug like this, this, <laughs> he clearly needs a hug and then he says that he's not okay 
And I'm not all right. Not at all. But neither are you. That much I know. I'll let you get back to work. And then they kind of like linger for a moment where they like clearly should have been some kind of hug, but Sam just walks off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- this this really cemented the differences between the grief that he felt for Jessica and the grief that he felt for John. Yes. If Sam had been like this for Jessica, maybe he would have been more sympathetic. Mm. Yeah. For season one, because he he has he still like harbored those feelings of guilt for Jessica, but like it never came across as this devastating, because it's shared grief. That's probably why it feels more like relatable. Because every time that Sam brought up brought up Jessica. Dean would kind of make jokes and kind of brush it aside and yeah. you know the amount of times that he was like oh you know you should you should hook up with somebody else to try and forget about her kind of thing mm. well Dean's not going to be saying stuff like well you should get over John like mm. he's not going to be saying that because if anything like out of the two Dean loved John the most yeah he didn't he didn't get that love back but he definitely loved that man mm-hmm. <laughs> with all his being I, d- I really don't know what to say about this other than like outside of the story of it like the acting in it is amazing awards all around yeah. <laughs> for, especially like for uh, for Jared in this the building of tears in his eyes and everything and like you said how he looked so young like mm-hmm. it really spoke to me and I've never I love, fortunately I haven't lost a parent but like this this is what I would imagine it feels like absolutely like yeah I'm not okay I don't think it's, it was necessary for him to say, but neither are you. I feel yeah. like that kind of cheapened mm-hmm. what he had just said. But it does lead in really well to what happens next. Like saying that, like I think it was really good through this whole episode how they were still physically scarred from the previous, like the car crash and being in the hospital. And it really stood out on, on like Sam's face here particularly. Like he had bruising all around his eyes. Whenever it shot back to Dean, you could still see the big cut on his forehead. I wish that they'd kept Dean's scar hit, like, oh. his forehead scar. Because, like, think how much of a, like, a formative moment this is. Like, with John dying and everything, like, the permanent reminder of that would have been so interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a shame that they kind of didn't. But I'm so glad they kept that continuity from the last, like, episode. Because I think it just adds, like, another layer of emotional weight to the scene where they're still like it's literally been like a week and a half right it, obviously it's, it's still there and like it's it's not healed yet and mm-hmm. neither have they exactly right. i we're all building to this moment of <laughs> yes. Dean taking the rage out and this car is the only valuable thing that dean has ever owned in his entire life and in fact he doesn't even first take it out in the car. He first takes out the window of a different car. Mm-hmm. And it's only afterwards that he like can consider going at the Impala. Uh, so, I mean, it, it is kind of interesting because he, he smashes that window and then he's you can still see he's so angry. And he, he looks at the... To me, the way I saw it, he looks at the car in disdain, right? Right. So it's like... He he could have continued to beat this other car, but he's like, this car is is not who I'm angry at. I'm angry at my car. 
So the question becomes, like, who is the car representing at this point? Right. Is it John or is it him? So before it was Dean's car, it was also John's car, right? Yeah. So his, most of his life, it was John's car. And like you said, John has lectured Dean about taking care of the car. And now that it's all destroyed, he's, he's trying to fix it. Uh, he's like still wearing the signs of his trauma. Uh, but then there's this ongoing theory about the car being Dean himself. Mm-hmm. So if he's taking it out on the car, is it actually just a moment of self-harm? Mm-hmm. Like, right. like Dean didn't just nearly die. Dean did die. <laughs> yeah. In all essence, yeah. We talk about, like, the fact that we think Dean was ready to go with the Reaper before he gets resurrected. Yes. So is he angry that his dad sacrificed himself for him and therefore he has to take it out on the car? Or is he angry at John in general? Or is it... I personally think it's actually a mixture of both mm-hmm. at this point. Um, he... Obviously, he's, I think it's also just because he's so angry. One, One kind of, like technical thing because i've watched it multiple times so the first time he hits the car Mm -hmm. you kind of like you're like at his level and then you go above the car Mm -hmm. and you can already see some damage that wouldn't have actually been there because he only hit it (laughs) once obviously they only have a few takes so i'm in terms of like camera angles do you think one when he's above is john and then one where he's close is him and he about... completely destroys the car when it's him. Out of out. Sorry to ruin your night. Um... No, I, this, is, this is exactly what I'm here for. Exactly what I'm here for. Just, you know, also just Sam, the way that Sam was talking about John, which we know from earlier episodes and later episodes, he experienced abuse that like, maybe Sam doesn't even know about, but Mm -hmm. Sam certainly didn't experience. Right. And meanwhile, he's feeling guilty about John sacrificing himself for him. And he will be dealing with that for a long time. But there's also this just huge burden that John has laid on him about Sam. And if there is rage about anything going on right now, it's this monumental weight that's just been put on his shoulders by john and then john just like disappears laid that on him and then leaves yeah yeah and what makes it worse on top of that is like they don't talk they don't talk to each other so had 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 dean (sighs) been honest and said that yes john said something to me or dad said something to me rather than saying no nothing when he was at the pyre at the beginning of the episode yeah Mm -hmm. some of this rage might have been alleviated yeah i believe so that's half the source of plot for the first few seasons of this show (laughs) that's true they had they had to have it because it was the like the big secret yeah of course i i fully read into this as like he's angry at john I do wonder with the like smashing of the Impala whether he's almost like taking some ownership of it as well though because I feel like I feel like he's so angry at John and like Dean's looked up him for, uh, looked up to him for so long that like by destroying the Impala it's kind of like trying to rid himself of some of that like connection to John 
because he's so mad at him at yeah. the moment. Mm-hmm. And like, what else can he do? I mean, he can fix the Impala, but then it would just be the same as it was before. But he's damaging in a way that is going to be permanently damaged. Like they're going to paint over that eventually. But the back of that car is like always going to probably show up at least some of those marks that he left on it. Uh, he completely like there was nothing left of that that the hood. Well, not he's not yeah. it's the trunk, mm-hmm. the boot. I don't know. You're both. I have two cultures looking at me, so I'm, I have to think about which word to use. <laughs> 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 uh, so he he has to completely replace that because there's a massive hole at the end of yeah. it. Like there's there's no way you can fix that. You're gonna have to find another one and just put it on there. I do think it's interesting that he he went for an easily fixable yeah. place mm. rather than like he didn't destroy the the window um like he did the other car which mm-hmm. you know is going to be more difficult to replace he didn't destroy like the the bonnet or the hood which again like you think it was purposeful and restrained mm. controlled that's what you're saying i i want to say yes but also it's it's probably more of convenience but he could have smashed the headlights to oh, the tail lights. Yeah. But he he chose this like this the big body target. of the car. Yeah. Sorry, I, I just made the, the bad see, face. I wonder if the trunk. <laughs> get, like we're gonna be on this for a while. I, I wonder if the trunk in itself is symbolic, and that the fact that that holds all the gear that they use for hunting, and you know again his resentment like, for the life. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So we already talked about this a little bit, but it's. In this episode, we have a reversal of Sam and Dean, right? It started off, Dean was taking orders and he was the good little soldier. And Sam just wanted out of the life. But here we have, Dean has now had the the moment where he was yelling at John in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Essentially, of like, like, why won't you care about me moment? And he's mm-hmm. he's really just faced what John is in a way that he never has. Yeah. And Sam is been told that you know dean was dying and it was his fault and so he they both feel responsible for john's death and i think like that's definitely true i'm interested to know how that carries on into the next episode because i honestly do not remember um whether we see them switch back again it's it's certainly carried on to the conversation at the fairgrounds where Mm. sam was saying that they don't want to be normal and dean was just so upset that Sam would no longer want to get out that somehow in in the events of the last you know two weeks he's been convinced to have his life in Dean's eyes like ruined by mm-hmm. by doing this so do we think at this point in the season Dean wants out of the hunter lifestyle I think he wants Sam out but that would mean both of them right because they ultimately he wants them to be all together I don't know yes that's a good no. question I think so. I do th- actually think so. Just because some of the like the kind of brief conversation that Dean has with Ellen, like, are you? In-? He kind of asks if he's in the if she's in the life, and she's like, no, I just help hunters. I don't think he even considered something like that yet. Yeah. That you could you could help in the life, but not be in the life. Yeah. I think so too. I think it gives other options. Oh. And he was required to be as long as John is alive, but now he's not around anymore to yep. make his own decisions and he's getting dragged right back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. 
and I guess I guess he's given up hope. I think that's yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. I think because in all of season one, it was I want to get my family back together so we can hunt together. Well, there's at like at this point in Supernatural, they don't know that they can bring people back. It's like <laughs> it's not it's not an option. There's so much in that scene. Look, <laughs> is it the writing? Is it is it Jensen's acting? I don't know. Yes. But like, <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's great. I, what a way to end an episode as well. I think is it's such a. Imagine watching that and being like, "What?" Like it was. And it then was it just an, ep- It was an episode about clowns. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for this week. I'm pretty sure this is gonna be a long one, but it was good. It was it was really fun having you on, Charlie. Uh, we really appreciate you sharing your thoughts on this episode. Sharing my rants. Like, hey, we're we're here for the rants. We are here for them. Definitely go follow her. Dean was always by on Tumblr. And next week, it's just going to be me and Amy again. Mm-hmm. And it is Bloodlust. Uh, just a reminder that um, we've put some designs up on Redbubble, which includes a sticker with the purgatory symbol that says Purgatory Pals on it, and also a sticker that says Cursed with Knowledge. There's other things as well on there, so you'll have to go take a look. Um, if you search for Escaping Purgatory Podcast, you will find it. I haven't ordered my sticker yet, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing that too. So that'll be it for this week. Thank you for joining us on our journey. We had help, but unfortunately, we are still very much stuck. I think. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's been a long one. Um, Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.